0: Hey guys, how's it going? Connor Gilson here, and this is episode 23 of the podcast. Um, Continuing on the, with the whole happiness thing, Uh, actually, it's kind of funny because the part that I'm going to actually start getting into, which I already had these notes pretty much written down a couple days ago because I was supposed to do it a couple of days ago, but I uh, did not get the ability to... Um, it's funny because we're going to be talking about how our social circles help with, uh, happiness, which is kind of funny because today I actually had a pretty good day. I hung out with actually kind of quite a few people. I hung out with one group earlier this morning. Well, not morning, uh, earlier this afternoon. Um, and then I had a friend over and then I had another friend over, um, after the other friend left. So pretty, pretty busy day for me, actually, yeah, um, but, yeah, but, something I kind of realized, like, I'm, I'm kind of spending too much time socializing, but still not enough time socializing, if you know what I mean, like, I... Usually block off Monday for me hanging out with people, but I seem to be hanging out with the same people over and over again where I kind of want to branch out and get new people in or hang out with people I haven't hung out with in a while. Um, Fortunately for me, one of uh, my interactions today went kind of sideways. And now I have a little bit more uh, free time or free leeway with that. Wow, there is a giant cut in my hand. Anyways, so social circles. um, What do they mean to our happiness? Because like I said, we do want to have them. They are very important. Um, So that's what we're going to go over tonight. So it's interesting because if you look at successful people... um, most people or most successful people if you compare how they deal with um like problems in their life uh difficulties obstacles things like that versus somebody that's not successful, you'll see kind of a change when somebody, usually the types of people that when they face a problem, they internalize it and try to keep it to themselves and try to push through. Those people are usually, if you look at them in their lives, they're not all that successful. However, the people that tend to get an obstacle and lean on their social circle and push it out to them to help them hold that burden those are the people that are usually successful, which is interesting because, and I just thought about this on the fly here, um, as humans, we're kind of taught that being vulnerable, when we tell people things that bother us or get to us, that's a, vul- a vulnerability or a weakness. Um, humans tend to, we kind of take that for granted. When somebody shows us vulnerability, we kind of take it for granted in the fact that we kind of devalue the person that's telling telling us and maybe you're different in that case but a lot of people do that when someone's vulnerable to somebody they will take it for granted they will devalue or put themselves above them which is interesting because that in itself if you have somebody that you open up and are vulnerable to and they abuse it and then use it against you or use it to make themselves feel better above you. They're not successful people and you need to rid them from your circle. Um, which is some, which is a quality I actually look for in my friends group. I don't have, and I've mentioned this before, I don't have a lot of friends. I have friends that I put an immense amount of time into and they're very, very, very close to me. Um, But if they don't put the effort or they don't appreciate who I am as a person or things like that, I don't have time for them. I move on. Um, There's so many people in this world that if we constantly grovel to people that don't appreciate us, then there's no point in it. Um, I'm a very unique individual, and I assume that you're a very unique individual. If you have friends in your life that don't appreciate your uniqueness, then get rid of them. Find people that are going to support you in rough times. Sometimes, even in rough times, we find people that make us feel better that we didn't even think we're going to do that. Um, When I broke up with my wife, a lot of people at the, the job that I was at A lot of people came and, like, helped me. They listened to me. I would talk to them, things like that. Because, like I said, I'm the type of person that when I'm going through something very severe or very traumatic, I will give it out onto my social circle. Um... And it's hard because you need to find a balance. You need to find a balance that you don't overwhelm your circle or that you don't keep constantly, like, saying it. Because, like, people understand you being in mourning and grief and things like that. But there's a point where you kind of need to stop and start, like, working on it or start fixing it yourself or looking for re you know, way to move forward so you're not constantly talking people's ears off about woe is me and what is going wrong. But when it first happens and for a little bit, it helps to get that out by giving it to your social circle. So that's what successful people do. They tend to hold tighter to their social support. In fact, the... The one characteristic that distinguishes happy, the happiest 10% of people from everybody else is their strength of their social relationships. That's what's important. Now, notice I didn't say the amount of social relationships. It's strength. So there's a lot of people that I know that have a social circle, or social, or friends rather, that are not very high quality. They have a lot of them, but none of them would really do what's necessary in any given situation to help them if the odds were crazy, or if the stakes were very high. Let's say that. Whereas with me, I have a very slow amount of friends, but each of them are... Not only vetted to prove that they're loyal to me, but I've also, been, I've also shown them that I will be loyal to them. So it's a back and forth, push and pull type of thing. okay? And there's years and years of evidence that show that our relationships with other people matter and matter more than anything else in the world. Humans are very social, um, very social beings. There are certain people that step outside of that, that have a lone wolf mentality. Um, I can very easily, and that's why it helps, that's why it's very easy for me to select only a very few really good friends, is because my, what's the word I'm thinking of, disposition is that I am a lone wolf. I've always said that as a kid, when people would betray me, I remember like, you know, crying to my parents, and like, I'm a lone wolf, I shouldn't be friends with people, and things like that, that's my natural tendency, however, I do get very good benefits from getting close with people, Um, just at that time in my life, when I was a kid, I was getting hurt constantly by my supposed friends, because of things that were going on, in my life as far as like what I could watch or do because of how strict my parents were. My friends would react and like pick on me and make fun of me. And then I would feel bad or they would betray me because they're the because the kids were horrible people. Um, But that thought of being a lone wolf has followed me throughout my whole entire life into adulthood. And I can very easily go weeks, if not months without being very close to anybody or hanging out with anybody but I work, and I work, and I work, and that's it, um, I will say that there was one point in my life where I didn't, where I was just working, and I wasn't, I think there was one point where I didn't talk for two months, besides, like, I think, like, one or two things, like, saying hi on the street, or whatever, or me, like, talk, like, I think there were, like, I remember when I first moved out, there was a period where I didn't talk like at all because I was just working and building websites and things like that. And you may think like, oh, well, you had to talk to your clients. This was before I was talking to clients. This was while I was building my business and building all the framework. Um, so I can, I can very easily not have close relationships with people and be to myself but I'm a much happier person when I have close relationships in fact when I lose somebody either because it's just not working out it's not you know something that is beneficial to both of us or they're being a pain in my butt and I have to cut them off well I still mourn that relationship if I'm close enough to them if I'm not I just kind of move on But social circles and who we are is very, very important to us. When we have a positive social connection with somebody, the pleasure-inducing hormone oxytocin is released into our bloodstream. It immediately reduces anxiety and improves concentration and focus. Each social connection that we get Every single one. Bolsters our cardiovascular um, systems, our neurosystems, our immune system. Um, So the more connections we make over time, the better we function. However, once again, want to stress that it is more so quality than quantity. Quantity is eventually going to get you hurt. Quantity, if you don't find... There's no... I I know people say, like, you should be warm and friendly with people, and I am, but there's no way that you should be taking on every single person you meet as a friend. It, it shouldn't happen. You should have, just like you have a red velvet rope policy for your clients, which I ex- uh, explained in, I think, the third module in this uh, podcast, um Like, just like you have that, you should also have that for the people that you bring into your life. Because once again, it's tying back to your time. If you have time that you're wasting on people that don't share your same goals or viewpoints or things like that, or don't appreciate who you are, then you need to move forward. You need to leave that situation because it's never going to help you. Okay. But each connection that we have will help us function better. And it's not even just psychological, we have a biological need for social support. Our bodies can literally malfunction and break down without it. For example, lack of social contact can add 30 points to an adult's blood pressure reading. What about that, huh? That's crazy. All right. 30 points. And there's a lot of other things, like social connections can actually be just, or not having social connections can actually be just as deadly as certain like diseases can. All right? And it also causes psychological harm as well. They did a survey where 24,000 workers were surveyed, and they found that the men and women with very few social ties were two or three times more likely to suffer from major depression than people with strong social bonds. Because when we get hit by something that hurts us or damages us or scares us or grief or death or things like that, if we, when those waves hit us on a psychological level, we need to have a way to kind of ground it out, okay? Like, if a lightning bolt hits metal, it has to, like, ground it out, you know, like, if lightning or a lightning hits a house, you have to have a ground so the lightning doesn't just, like, slice through the actual building or cause damage to, like, a bunch of different stuff, things like that. It has to actually fall down and go into the ground so that it has that quick path that it needs without being held up anywhere causing damage, okay? So it's like that when we take that wave or when we take that bolt of electricity and that heat and that power, then we need to have a social circle that we can kind of direct or move that current kind of along so it doesn't damage us, okay? So, yeah so and that's the thing when if you if you don't have social support it can have almost the same effect uh on your life expectancy as smoking high high blood pressure obesity and reg and like reg- not having regular physical activity because you're going through your life without a core thing that people need okay And it's kind of like it's kind of like when you watch football right you have the you know the quarterback the running backs things like that the people that are kind of towards the back that are going to be playing out the out the plays right and that can be us all right that's how we are but if the if there was no offensive line, if it was just you know the running backs, the wide receivers and the quarter the quarterback you would never have a play because a defensive line would crush and get to them and stop them. So we want to think of it kind of like our spouses, our families, our friends, our close our people that we're close to, our loved ones, are like that offensive line. They're there, like we see things happening to us, but they're there to kind of, you know, cushion or guard from like super dangerous things, right? but we can't really quantify how much and how important all of this stuff is to us how it I mean we can kind of understand on a psychological level and a level that we can see like with science and things like that but It's something that also is on a level that we can only measure as far as feelings, too. And like I said, it's different for everybody. It might not be something that, you know, always can be the exact same in every single person. There's some people that have no problem um, having very few friends at all, let alone, like, the quality. There's some people that don't, you know, focus on how much they need quality in their friendships. There's some people that just want as many as possible and that's how they get by. There's some people that literally cannot form very close friendships and relationships with other people based on things that either have happened to them or the way they were raised or developed. So, I mean, that's always something that you can work on and change, but it's going to take a lot of work if that's what you've known all your life, right? But, yeah. Seems that I have lost some of my uh, my notes here, which is good. My phone's being all stupid. But, and you know, actually, while I'm trying to wait for my stupid phone to, like, find the notes, something that kind of just popped into my head is if we could quantify, if we could put a dollar amount on every single email contact that we have, like, in our business, like, for other, like, clients or prospects or things like that, right? Um, I know, like... If you, you guys, if you guys do marketing, things like that, even just for your, like for yourselves, for your own businesses, um, you have words like cost per click, um, cost per video view, you know, the cost of how many, you know, people are going to see an ad before somebody buys, um, lead acquisition cost, um client, you know, client costs, things like that. But it's very easy for us to quantify that. And, and we can think of like, if we have an email list, how much, like, you know, by how many, when we send out an email, how much money we make off that list, you know, how much we can then divide it by how many people are on our list and then kind of quantify how much each name is worth on that list. Okay. But do we do that to a certain level with our friends? Because a lot of the time we're spending time with people we're not using our time to the best. However, if we're hanging out with somebody that we're very close to that's a very you know good friend or good person, that can help us you know, move forward, and then that that ROI, if you will, is going to be a lot better. At you know, what we're doing. I don't know if that makes sense. Let's see if I can put this another way. If. We got to be careful. We got to be careful. Of the quantifying our friends and viewing that in a money in a money aspect. I don't want you to be like, yeah. Like, remember I said this before that you don't want to be like, yeah. Well, you know, I'm spending this time with you, and I normally be making 130 bucks in this period of time, but you know, I'm spending it with you. Don't don't do that. But quantify it in a positive way. How much does the happiness that they bring you? And that's the thing, that's what I do. When I have an interaction with somebody, when I have somebody over my house, I do quantify, not in a dollar amount, but how much joy do they bring me in having them over. If they are, that, that happens a lot. There's times where I'll have people over and they're actually bringing me a lot of joy and then either because of things going on in the personal life, things that are happening to them, they become more and more of a negative kind of balance on me. So I'll give it. I'll give it a few visits, and then if it keeps getting worse, I just cut it. And I have a lot of ways of cutting it. I have way like because I can use the mind to my benefit. I can do it in a way that they don't necessarily know is going on, so that they don't get hurt. I know sounds manipulative and vindictive, but I will use certain techniques on them so that they pull away from me instead of me and you know them being fine whereas instead of me pulling away from them and hurting them so and I do that quite often um but there are a lot of friendships that I have that I'm very, very, very close to and that add a benefit on both sides of the spectrum. If I'm having a hard time, they help me, which brings me joy. If they're having a hard time, I can help them and that brings me joy. So there's a quantifying of our relationships. If you have friendships that don't work both ways or you have a friendship where you keep trying and trying and trying with somebody and they just can't really give you the time of the day or they, you have less of a priority in their life versus how much of a priority they have in your life, then you need to kind of find someone else because your time and your happiness should be so so valuable to you that you kind of, you know, protect it, right? So let's talk about assets, right? Um appreciating the assets that we have in our lives. Um, financial plan, uh, planners actually tell us that the surest way to grow our stock portfolios is to keep reinvesting the dividends. In fact, that's what I do. Um, once I have a stock hit a hundred percent, I will pull all that, pull the money out that I originally invested and go invest it in a different stock. And I've been doing that for years and years and years and I'll grow and grow and grow. Um, So kind of doing that with our social portfolios as well. Not only do we need to invest in new relationships constantly, we should always be reinvesting in our current relationships because like our stocks, those networks that we have grow stronger the longer they are held. Okay? So, and there's a whole incredible amount of techniques that you can use to aid in that endeavor And it's funny because there's all these little things, right? When we, anytime we go into our jobs, into our schools, into our things like that, we have this kind of threshold that we have an opportunity to form and strengthen a high quality connection. But, We sometimes don't take that. We're such as a society tied up in our phones and our apps and, you know, Tinder and Facebook and um, Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and things like that, that we don't introduce ourselves to people, which is funny because on a dating side, because I work so much, I use Tinder, but because of how the, honestly, the garbage people that I'm meeting I've actually gotten rid of Tinder and now am moving to the point where I'm going back to social interactions. So that's just one way. Um, I've never met people on business on like apps. I know there's like Shaper and things like that, which is pretty cool, but I never really like got serious with it. So I don't know. Um, but hey, if you guys have used Shaper and you like it as far as meeting new like business oriented, business minded people, then let me know. Just tell me how, how it is. Um, but neuroscience has revealed that when we make eye contact with someone, it actually sends a signal that to the brain that triggers empathy and rapport. Um, I am, I was always taught to look people in the eyes and I actually noticed something when I was working my old, um, job at Best Buy, when I was new there, I would look everybody in the eye while I'm talking to them. My numbers were really, really high. But after a bunch of traumatic things happened in my life, I realized that I just wasn't looking people in the eyes. And I looked back at my numbers at the time and realized that my numbers were going, are pretty bad. But when I started looking people in the eyes again, my numbers started going back up. So you make a connection when you look at people in the, in the eyes. And there's different levels of eye contact. There's ones where you, you know, you're talking to them, quick glances. Um, there's the type of eye contact you have when you... Um, are affectionate towards somebody or care about somebody. There's eye contact where you actually can get reads off people based on what, you know, they're thinking, things like that. Okay. And it's funny. So here's the thing that I want you to do. If you still work at a job or if you run your own business, you have employees or whatever. Um, I want you to do this. I want you to set out to learn one new thing about a coworker each day. Okay. And then once you do that, reference it in conversations at later times. This is a quality that everybody should have. This is a quality that um, you should use on your clients. In fact, uh, there was a few times where I had high-end paying clients and I would buy them, like, tickets to a game, which, with me, I don't like sports, I mean, I watch the Giants because I like football, I can already hear people booing me through the the headphones, crazy, Um, but um, liking, liking the Giants last year was rough, but whatever, but other than that, I don't really watch that many sports, I like World Series of Poker, I like watching the psychology and the mind games and things like that, but some clients I had like sports. So I would buy things for them, autograph stuff, things like that, and send it to them as a gift. So you should always be learning about people and taking in information and learning stuff. Um, yeah, and make that your priority because if anything, you're usually going to be, when it comes to your, when it comes to business, you're going to be a people person. So start kind of learning about people, right? It's interesting because when I was doing research for this, I'm so glad my notes are working. Much more fluent, huh? Sorry about that um, pause before, um, but very interesting studies I was looking at because I always thought that when, you know, it's... it's I mean, I guess maybe, I don't know. I guess I always thought that or I think it's maybe I should say that's the more the common belief that when somebody's going through bad times, that's when two people connect really well and that's when um when we support people during bad times, that's what affects the quality of the relationship. Interesting though. Research actually suggests suggests that how we support people during good times more than bad times affects the quality of a relationship. So there's a lot of people I know that are like, hey, if you need anything, I'll be here for you. And I, I like I hate when people say that, right? It's like something's going wrong. You'll usually never hear me say that unless I'm like super uncomfortable or nervous about saying something. I'll usually say something like, what do you need? Like, what can I do to help you? Like, that's what I'll usually say. But to take it further, like, you know, there are, you have the people that are just like, you know, what, what can I do for you? And they are, you know, that's what they are. They're friends for, you know, when you're in distress and then you have people that really want to help you and really kind of set out as difference for when you're going through hard times. But what the studying is showing is that the people that are around you more so for good times or while you're in, you know, a happy period of your life or whatever, and building and connecting with you, then that's more of a relationship builder which is interesting because humans react so differently to persecution and trial that they hit goals a lot easier, things like that. So it's interesting to see that. It's interesting to see that good times more than bad times affects the quality of a relationship. That's, that's crazy to me. So, going over the study that I have about how we can react to something as little as, you know, a response to give to somebody when they give us good news, right? Good news about their lives. Only one of them contributes, let's say, there's there's about four types of of responses that we can give to someone when they give us good news about their lives. Only one of them contributes positively to the relationship. That relationship-winning response is both active and constructive. So remember how we were just talking about when somebody has bad news or going through a hard time, what we say? Oh, you know, if you need anything, let me know, which is passive. Or, like, what can I do with you? There's an active, right? But same thing with this, both active yet constructive. It offers enthusiastic support as well as specific comments and follow-up questions. Okay. So something like if somebody was like, Hey, you know, I got a promotion. Um, you could say, awesome. I'm glad your boss, I'm glad your boss noticed how hard you've been working. When does your promotion get into effect? Okay. The research, the study showed that passive responses to good news, like that's nice, can be just as harmful to a relationship as blatantly negative ones, such as you got a promotion. I'm surprised they didn't give it to Sarah. She seems more suited to the job. That's crazy. Interestingly enough, though, the most destructive one though, is ignoring news completely. so sometimes when we get in the habit of you know zoning out and things like that, we can actually be damaging our relationship by not paying attention to what people say. <clears throat> I have a bad habit of this when I'm on the phone. Um, sometimes when I'm talking to friends, I'm either playing a game on my phone. Or it's usually these two things. I'm usually either doing, usually either doing work, reading, or sorry, work or reading, or like videos, things like that. So I guess it's technically three, unless you want to put videos and reading in the same category. Um, but I'm usually, you know, doing something. There's times where I actually have catch myself and I have to put my phone down because I know I'm not giving my friend the proper attention. All right. So what this means when we interact with people, if somebody walks into our office to talk to us, if somebody, you know, talks to us and we have our phone, don't just stare at the screen. When someone calls us on the phone, don't keep typing out a text or an email. And like, sometimes we can hear that, right? We can hear when somebody's typing an email when we're on the phone with them, or we can hear them tapping away off their phone while they're talking to us. And that's, it just gives off the blatant, pretty much vocalization of, yeah, I don't care. I'm not paying attention. Forging a connection with people, you have to have active listening. You have to be active. You can't be passive and just let it go by. You have to be active. Giving your someone your full attention and also allowing them to have their say is the most important thing that you can do. All right? But that's pretty much what I think about it. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it for tonight. So... I don't know, like I feel like there's so much more that I could talk about this and I feel like it's just not coming into my mind. Um, I feel like I already read the quote on, yeah, I did. I read that on one of my other podcasts about donuts as far as human personality type. Um, But don't get me wrong. People, to me, are the most important things ever. But I'm very critical and almost protective of my time and my friends when I I take in somebody new. Because my reality is this. If you have a circle of friends and they live up, at least with mine... If they live up to that high standard that you have, it hurts them. It hurts them when you take on you take someone into your life that's lower quality that doesn't put the same amount of effort and doesn't try the same way your current friends do. There's a grace period there's a period of time where like you have to adapt people have to <laughs> People have to be, you know, kind of acclimated to me, or climated to me. Uh, I think of like when I used to run, when I used to run my like fish breeding business. Um, you, if you got new fish stock and you put it into a, an aquarium, if you were to take the bag of the water and just dump it into the tank, you'll actually put the fish in shock. Because, one, the fish, the water in the the bag is, you know, it's going to have different, you know, water hardness, different, you know, acidic, or it's going to be alkaline or whatever. It's going to different levels, uh, different different levels of salt. Even with freshwater fish, uh, tropical fish, uh, freshwater aquariums have salt water or have salt in the water. Um, so salt levels are different. pH is different. All this different stuff, okay? So if you just dump it in, temperature as well the fish will literally go in shock Um, what you're supposed to do is put the bag in the the tank and let it um let the water of the tank transfer temperature into the bag and then you're supposed to um put the fish the, the correct professional way to do that, because some people will just open the bag and let in a little, little water the tank and things like that, but you can get diseases from the fish water in the bag into the tank. The, the expert crazy way to do it is to put the, um, fish into, or keep it in the bag and then add the tank water to the bag. Um, and then once it's like mostly tank water, you scoop the fish out of the bag and put it into the tank. If you want to do it expert and have really clean tanks, which is what I did, um, but doing it that way. So when you get new friends, especially if you have certain standards and rules, you have to acclimate them to how you how your life is. And I feel like a lot of people, especially if you're successful, you should do that because sometimes we were a lot of people, when we meet new friends, we're not really ourselves. I think we should always be ourselves right from the start because it will waste time if if you're trying to be different. Like I'm a very blunt person. If I were to be very beat around the bush and tame and gentle, like I used to be when I first met people, I would waste a lot of time getting to know people that I liked, but I wasn't me. So when I would revert to me, it'd cause all, all these problems. Some people loved it, some people thought it was hysterical, like dealing with me once I went to me, but there's a lot of people that didn't find it to their liking, let's say that. So I feel like you should have your core foundations when you're interacting with your social circle, but I feel like you shouldn't be super, super aggressive and blunt to a full level because you may scare people away, or not. and don't expect people... To you know understand you right away, which is something I've had to learn and I've worked on. Um, I've actually had a person recently where I was they were getting to know me, and I have a tendency if I see certain things um, in their behavior, I back off, I pull away. Um, but my friend is helping me <clears throat> another friend is helping me to be better at that, whereas recently. It's happened again where somebody has basically told me, I don't accept who you are. And I made the decision, even though it's kind of, it's hard because I did like that person to pull away because at this point, and even my friend agrees me. me, my other friend agrees with me saying that, you know, honestly, you've tried as hard as you can. You need to move forward. So that's the cool thing, especially with our social circles. We should always be trying to do new different things, do different and new things, and better ourselves. If we have anger problems, work on them. If we pull away too quick, work on them. That was one of my things. Like, I had anger problems, and if people crossed me, I would flip out of my mind. So I substituted my pull away thing. So when somebody would upset with me, I distance myself and pull away. Now I have the balance pretty much perfect, and I can discern when I need to pull away and when I don't, and to do it gently. Do it without, you know, causing a stir and problems and things like that, and just kind of drift off. But that can be changed in so many things. Like, like I said, just... Getting to know if it's your class or your school or your, you know, your job, whatever. Getting to know one thing about the people around you. Just try to get closer to them. Like I said, you don't have to immediately graduate to them to best friends forever. But make sure that you have all these opportunities where you can bring more people into your circle. Because let me tell you, there are very few people that are in my life that this applies to, but I can think of one where I met somebody and I thought immediately that I wasn't going to get along with him. I was very um, aggressive and strong and opinionated and he was very timid and tame and let people walk on him, which at that time I saw as weakness and I hated it. I wouldn't walk on people, but when I saw somebody weak like that, it would make me sick because I want to, like, scream and be like, dude, wake up and, like, grow up and, like, toughen up. But when I first met him, I'm like, dude, I don't like this kid. Like, if you talk to him about it, like, the, his first interaction with me, I was pretty, like, he knew that I wasn't a fan of him. I didn't say anything mean, but he said he could feel it coming off of me that I didn't like him. But I became very, very, very close to him because... That was at the beginning of when I made the decision that when I make a snap judge on people, which I am right most of the times, and I was right about him, the reasons why I didn't like him, but eventually I helped him change those things. But I gave him a chance and I looked for the things inside him, I didn't judge him at surface value or face value and I became very close to him. In fact, I did that recently with a girl that I know. I. She wasn't quite the type that I like, but I put that aside and tried to get to know her. And it went well for a while, and it's you know, it ended at this point, but I still gave it a shot, I still tried, I still made forward progression and that's what this whole podcast is about moving forward slowly ever so slowly to better ourselves and i feel like we should do that in almost every aspect of our life and hopefully with this whole this section inside this module the happiness and then about how important our friends are and our social circle is hopefully that helps you to evaluate your social circle i've talked about this a lot of before, where I'm like, get rid of, you know, one of your loser friends, or like, you know, drop a friend a year and things like that. Very aggressive, where, mm, so tired. Um, where you do that, but there's also this side to it, where we can better ourselves, where we can drop our bad habits of being a friend and better improve ourselves so that we're better friends to other people. Because not only will that help them socially, it will help us socially. That's about it, guys. I am about to go to bed. It's 3.34 and I'm feeling tired, which is good. I'm tired early. But this is episode 23. And I'll see you tomorrow night for episode 24. Have a good night.